This is recording. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. Cut it all out. I I'm 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 trying to re- remember how we met. Uh, Do you remember how we met? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kept me waiting. Like I kept you waiting today. Today? Yeah, like for like almost yeah, an hour, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a payback. <laughs> we we met for the I I met Dilika around like I think we were gonna start the shoot around like seven o'clock. Okay. And then um, somehow you had been working the previous night till yeah, like yeah, yeah, two yeah. three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were like two hours late. And at, I, at like prana lounge. Yeah, at was prana it? lounge. Yeah, 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 like and then uh, Dushi was waiting. The the model was waiting. Yeah. And everyone was waiting. Man. <laughs> And then I see Z coming like far away, wearing a T-shirt and his slippers. Yeah, like uh, yeah. And then Man. yeah, that was the. I I remember that like like all of all of those memories are like you know blurry, yeah. but then when you bring it up, it really makes sense. I used to be very uh, very how do you say uh, teenager? Teenager. Yeah, that's okay, man. Yeah. That's okay. I really like how you. I think on that day we did the shoot and yeah. then it was a really long day, right? Yeah. And then I think um, where I felt I really connected with you was like after the first session we went back to my old office. Yeah. And then we started watching this like funny shit on YouTube. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. And then we started watching. I think um, phone jacker. This. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. Right? I remember. Yeah, and then we started talking about music, and then I like we had um, you were talking about how you like jazz and blues yeah, and all that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's when we really connected. Yeah. Then um, I sort of we spoke about the video that uh, the audio for the video, mm. and then like you were a, like, yeah, let me just cook up something in the night, and then you did some. I don't know how you got that track or whatever yeah, that yeah. initial yeah, try yeah, video. Yeah. And that was epic, man. I love the video. I love the soundtrack. Man, I still push that video out. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. When I pitch to people like in the fitness industry, I still yeah. push that video out. And it's who, still who else are you working with in the fitness industry? No, I mean, like, we have been, I mean, none of those clients went through though. Okay. okay. But uh, I feel like that uh, that video has really... Uh, it's aged quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I thought it was a little amateur. Yeah, but then I think I think no man, I think you did well. well. You did really well. Um, everyone I showed it to, and then we did some Facebook campaigns also. Yeah. Um, lot of people people who saw it like they thought like I got like a pro. Yeah. But no one knew like this was t- teenager <laughs> responsible <laughs> teenager <laughs> uh, who did the key, uh, video. Yeah. So uh, yeah, man. But I, I honestly I love the video. Like I'm, I'm that's when I was like, you know what? At some one point or yeah. some day, you know, I'm gonna do some work. Yeah, like, things are gonna work out. Yeah, and I'm gonna work with Z. Yeah. So, few months back, I think when I reached out to you, yeah. also like uh, with Sudhir's work. Yeah, and yeah. Everything else. Um, yeah. So then I think hopefully a few more projects in the future, right? Yeah, a lot, a lot actually. Yeah. Maybe let's we'll let's back. <laughs> Let's let's backtrack, right? Yeah. Way before that. Yeah. That was 2018. Way before that. Yeah. Right. You were abroad. Yep. Yeah. And then this 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 is like a completely different phase. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, the best time of my life. Best bro. time. Of, tell me about the best time of your life, oh, man. Oh, bro. Like, oh man. Um. So I went to UK when I was 21. Yeah. A day. Flew the day after my birthday. Right? Okay. And. Uh, Literally had two hundred pounds in my pocket. Okay, that's all my parents could afford. I don't come from a rich background, okay. right? Um, so my parents gave me that, and l- thankfully I had this um, visa 
where you could go to UK and work. Right? It's called working holiday maker. Mm. So went there for that. Uh, worked for two years, saved up some money, paid for my uni uh, final year. I had already done my HND here, so I got exemptions. Yeah. So paid for the paid the full international student fee. Yeah. Uh, all by myself. Yeah. Quite proud of that. Did you work part time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of work. I don't care. So I, yeah. I work full time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm in Sri Lanka. No legal restrictions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Although I was only like legally, I'm supposed to work 20 hours. I did yeah. full 40 hours. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to find a job in a company. It's actually it was a startup called Love Film. Okay. Not a no, no, no. not not it's pornography. Not, okay. Yeah. No. Because that, get, that's yeah. what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. I mean. That was literally the explanation when I was someone asked me, where do you work? I work for Love Film. No, it's not a porno. Yeah. Right, that, <laughs> yeah. That's how I introduced myself. Um, so Love Film was later acquired by Amazon. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's how I sort of really got into this um, entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. Not even entrepreneurship, honestly, like the startup culture. Yeah. Right. Um, so came back in 20... Fuck man, I can't even remember. 2012 or no, 2010, I think. Yeah. 2010, yeah, 2010. I came back to Sri Lanka, um, and the idea was to go back, mm-hmm. but there were some legal implications um, in the sense that my job category, company was willing to give me a work permit, but the yeah. job category I was in is not a highly skilled thing. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't get the work permit. So I was really down at the time, but. Uh, I had a really fantastic manager. He was like, hey, why don't you work from there? I was like, yeah. really? Uh, so then he was like, yeah, uh, work from there. And then I'm happy to sort of give you an extended contract, yeah, yeah. Um, remote contract. And um, he was like, yeah, I'll pay you the standard salary and a bit more uh, because you are a contractor now. Yeah. Like, because I don't get, if I take, I don't have leave, right? Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. I work, I'll get paid for it. Yeah. Dude, I was minting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was... What, 25, 26, 27? Yeah. Um, and making that much money at that age is a bad bro. It's not that <laughs> I've been there. What does every 25-year-old who makes seven-figure salary at the yeah. time, yeah. right? Who, what, do, what do you think they do? <laughs> not, not, not good things. Yeah. They party, man. Like, yeah. And I partied my ass off. Like, literally, l- literally four times a week, I'm out. Like, nice. Yeah, like, um, just... Drinking, <laughs> drink, not a little drinks, like um, so many other things. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what was going in my body. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I was heavily into music at the time. Yeah. Um, like from not just, you know, sort of uh, single genres, like various genres from like electronic music. To yeah. Even within electronic music to house, to tech house, to deep house, like, you know, um, um, drum and bass, jazz, blues, all these things. I was massively into music. Yeah. So anyone, like, if you meet me at the time, like, my conversation started would be, hey, what kind of music you play? <laughs> right? That was, that was one of the questions you pitched. At yeah, the probably. Like, hey, I think, yeah. So, um, and I was very fortunate to sort of even see some of, like, the idols or the musical, like, the DJs and all that. Yeah. Able to see them live also uh, when I was in UK. So... Um, had a very flamboyant partying lifestyle, um, but then everything kind of hit rock bottom, right? Um, it was a eventful few years, like up to about 27, 28, um, I was thoroughly enjoying life and, you know, like had a lot of friends, literally 
you know, you go out, you know the entire Colombo yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, Colombo is very small. Yeah, it's very small. Um, and but it was super fun. No regrets yeah. of doing that whatsoever. May have busted a whole bunch of money, but that's <laughs> now that I look back at the whole thing, I feel so good about it because it's out of my system now. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm super focused on what I want to do. I yeah. don't even like enjoy going out anymore. Yeah. Like I don't even. I want to be able to talk to someone. Like yeah. I don't want to be able to scream. Yeah. To talk to a yeah. person who's sitting next to me, right? <laughs> and um, that whole thing is out in my system. So even yesterday, I met at Spike a friend that who you uh, who I used to party with. He's like, bro, I haven't seen you. Out. I'm like, I don't want to go out, bro. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, man. I think um, twenty eight seventeen was like really a tough time in my life um, because I because I had this money coming in, yeah. and then at this around the same time I got into entrepreneurship. Yeah, I thought I was like you know killing it. Yeah, but to see like. A lot of things were not in place. Yeah. Right. Um, lifestyle was shit. Um, I thought I was having fun. I thought I was making um, good friends. Actually, you know what? I I actually have. I don't have anything to complain about my friends. Mm-hmm. If I had to blame, I only blame myself. You know. Yeah. Um, because end of the day, whatever we do, it's within our control. Yeah. Right. Either you want it or you don't want it, or you don't. You prioritize it. You don't prioritize mm-hmm. it. So, what happened? Uh, was I lost my contract yeah. with Amazon. Um, not because of my mischievous activities. It's purely because um, Amazon was sort of... Uh, they wanted people either they are full-time or people to work from UK. Mm. So, unfortunately, my job category wasn't didn't allow me to yeah. go, to, go yeah. back to UK. Um, although I went a couple of times for a friend's wedding and yeah. music festival and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> also in between. <laughs> but uh, it didn't allow me to work there legally. Yeah. So the contract finished, uh, I couldn't. Uh, so then I properly got into full-time into entrepreneurship. Um, I always wanted to build products, right? Like uh, digital products because I had seen um, what Love Film did, yeah. um, how they sort of grow that business. Um, so initially... What was Love Film anyway? So it's, you know Netflix? Yeah. You know how Netflix started? They... It was, they rented out uh, cassettes, DVDs. I think, okay. DVDs. DVDs, okay. right? So they... they um, so actually, Netflix is the company that killed Blockbuster. Yeah. How they initially started was that um, it was um, DVD. They posted it, right? DVDs or Blu-rays or yeah. games or whatever. Yeah. People can keep it for as long as they want. Yeah. Watch it and send it back, and you repl- replace it, right? Yeah. So um, it's the same idea in Europe. Okay. Right. Now it makes more sense. Love film. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Love film. Right. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so it, they were the biggest competitor for Netflix um, in Europe. Mm. So um, what actually Amazon did, they saw the potential, right? Um, they saw how Netflix were expanding crazy, like they yeah. were growing at a rate. Yeah. So it was tough for them to compete in the US market. Yeah. So they looked at the com- best competitor in the European market. And Love Film had the um, biggest reach. They literally had like the 80% of the market share in, in Europe. Okay, okay. Right? So we were operating in UK, uh, Denmark, uh, all the, no- no- the Nordic region. Um, I think we were operating in about seven to eight countries. Or maybe five, six countries. Okay. I can't remember for sure. Um, and like... Love Film were killing it. So Amazon saw the opportunity um, and also Love Film at the time, they were slowly moving away from the DVDs and getting into on demand. Um, they had the platform. So Amazon 
uh, acquired them. Um, so what you see today, Amazon Instant Video uh, or Amazon Prime Video. So yeah. it's actually a love film platform. Yeah. Um, so I worked on those products as well when I was in UK. Um, worked on various Amazon related pro projects. Uh, yeah, so that's what Love Film does. So they do DVD delivery, yeah. uh, but eventually became um, on-demand platform yeah. for content. So, so you, you were talking about how you got into <coughs> entrepreneurship and how you lost your contract. Yep. So that's when you fully pivoted into starting your own yep. company. Yeah. So um, I was also sort of doing a little bit of consultancy here and there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was also sort of fully focused on my own venture as well. Yeah. Then um, we were doing some service related stuff because we had to pay salaries. Yeah. You can't, you know, like you can't just because your product is not going to make money for you from day one mm. onwards. And there's going to be so many different iterations before you get to that. Yeah. Um, and what I did was, um, so we did both while we were doing services, we were doing products as well. Internally, yeah. we were trying out things. So my first idea was something called Play It, okay. um, which is the exact freaking copy of uh, love film to <laughs> <laughs> try and do the same thing here yeah but only focus on the games okay right like console games yeah so playstation to um um what do you call xbox to nintendo Wii and all that yeah yeah um so i thought the idea was fucking great you know, yeah like, i still think it's a great idea yeah but man okay like, tell me where it went wrong <laughs> so there was no market validation. Yeah. There was no understanding about the market size, the yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Um, whether it's even worth pursuing yeah. this problem. Yeah. Is it even a is problem even a worth big enough problem? Yeah. yeah. Is it a big enough problem to solve, right? Um, obviously, I, I mean, a lot of people told me about that, but I didn't listen yeah, to them, yeah, obviously, yeah. right? And young, dumb, and full of passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Young and dumb and, you know, like so much energy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bleep that out. <laughs> um, <clears throat> full of energy. Um, I literally, you know, took a decision and sort of followed that through. Um, but how it ended up uh, was actually, you know, what we got um, sort of shortlisted for Spiralation, okay, which is the ICTA uh, accelerator program. Amazing program. Um, massive, massive uh, shout out to them. Um, if I'm as an entrepreneur is, I mean, wherever I am today is thanks to programs like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so big shout out to um, the guys behind Spiralation. Um, uh, I think it was initiated by um, Chalinda when he was, mm. uh, Chalinda Bekun, when yeah. he was at uh, uh, ICTA and then Fayaz Huda took it forward and then Ahmed, um, Ahmed Nishad took it forward. Now Nevendri uh, Premaratna, I think is taking okay. the initiative um so really good program learned about how do you come up with a business plan you know like didn't have a clue yeah learned about my basic accounting you know financials yeah in that program so huge amount of respect for that program and then immensely grateful yeah um so uh continued with plate and then sort of um we got once we got selected we got a little bit of funding <clears throat> push the idea build build the product um, in the sense that we built tech around it, uh, but didn't really, uh, what I actually did was I applied for a, uh, applied for Venture Engine. Uh, this was back in, I think 2013, mm. 
and then we got rejected. Okay. Um, so some of the questions that they asked during that session actually gave me like shit. You okay. know, this is not going to work. Okay, what are these questions? I feel so, like, that's like, things like, you know, first, like, how big is your market? Yeah. Right? So, I was like, 5,000 gamers, you know? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't have a clue about that. Yeah. Like, there was no data to sort of find that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, my assumption was about 5,000, right? And then they were like, okay, what's your plan to monetize? So, we're like, subscription model. How much are you going to make? So, when I actually did the numbers, you're like, okay, it's not going to work. Yeah. Out. Right. And it was very tough to sort of give up on that idea. Like, I think I had the sort of, even after that idea, I was like, you know what, I'm going to come back and do it in, do yeah. this in two years. Yeah. I'm going to come back and do this in three years. Like, you know, every year like, yeah. I was thinking about that. But later, more and more got into entrepreneurship, more and more, more and more I understood about <clears throat> the importance of validation yeah. over, you know, assumption. Um, I realized, you know, it's not worth pursuing yeah. that. Uh, and also like, you need to cut your losses as soon as possible yeah. build fast right move forward so <clears throat> then that was the first product idea then we sort of worked on another uh, product for beauty industry right which is like a cloud based huge market you would think so okay you think I so. mean that's how it looks from the outside I guess yeah I mean um, so the idea I mean the product that we built was to sort of um manage business operation okay like the wellness industry not a wellness industry or beauty industry so it's like a, a b2b system that help people to manage their schedule like yeah. the salons to manage their schedule cost like a crm that has customer yeah. information uh, so they use that to sort of get more custom get the existing customers to come back reminders things like that yeah. um managed to successfully manage to sort of have it in about 15 salons yeah. uh, in Sri Lanka. But again, the idea of sort of pushing that as a global product, realized, you know, it's it's very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I wanted to, more than global, I wanted to sort of con- conquer Sri Lanka. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Um, it was very tough to work with that market because their needs were different. Okay. The problems that they had was to, uh, and the solution that I gave to them, there's a huge gap. The problem that they had was like they needed more clients. Whereas I was trying to say, hey, you know what? Use this system and this can improve your efficiency. Mm. Uh, but for them, that wasn't the focus. Yeah. So gave up on that. Um, but I mean, I pushed that for about good three and a half years. I think three and a half years to four years. Uh, around the same time, we got an opportunity to work uh, with a gym who had um, <clears throat> sort of uh, they were doing pro fitness classes mm. and they needed a system to manage that. Mm. So had an initial me- at the initial meeting, um, realized the same salon product can be customized yeah, yeah. and then give it to these guys yeah. also, did that. But we maintained it as a separate product, mm. right? We were like, okay, let's go after the fitness industry, see how this how yeah. big this is. Yeah. Right. And so around the time, um, I'm still early into this entrepreneurship thing, yeah. right? And I'm very early into product development product management and I was like okay so let's see who else is doing similar products yeah and then I came across so many other US or European based companies and then they were doing crazy stuff like very similar stuff same industry yeah again without thinking about the market size I was like okay that's what I want to build (laughs) (laughs) right let's go and build it yeah so validations over assumptions Uh, like I mean sorry assumptions over validations right and I just kept building things and then thinking that that will help these businesses didn't happen. Mm. So then it was the B2B side of it 
um, this cloud-based solution that can help gyms to improve their efficiency, operations, and management. Yeah. We're like, okay, let's look at the other side of the business, yeah. which is the B2B side. Uh, maybe the customers want to have a platform that where they can book all these classes yeah. without any issues. Because booking classes seems to be an issue. Yeah. So, we're like, okay. I mean, that was the sort of notion that we had that at the time. And uh, we built that. Okay. Right. Went to market. Literally got slept across the face <laughs> for like good year. <laughs> right. Um, we weren't making any money. Uh, it was running at a loss. Um, and But all these things sound good on paper. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, like, like take it till you make it. Bro. Yeah. You could <laughs> conquer the world. Yeah. Like, when you push it out, man. Have you seen that video? Um, you know, there are two fighters. Like, there's like a really nice movie <laughs> about <laughs> entrepreneurship, <laughs> right? Like, this guy, it's like a straight fight. Like, and two guys. This one guy comes and really does like massive show off. Like he does uh, the backflips yeah, back yeah. and everything, and then like. The other guy does nothing. <laughs> the market, right? <laughs> and then after like all that, just one punch, boom, the guy is gone, right? Yeah, Same. Yeah, yeah. So we go and pitch like all these big ideas yeah. to, you know, potential customers and then like, do all these presentations, pitch deck, all that, right? Thinking this is going to work out, but it didn't. It didn't. And it was really tough. It yeah. was really tough because you put... And how, how long have you been pursuing that venture? So that was... so. This is actually my um, fifth year on the same problem. I mean, in the industry, fitness industry, right? Strive initiated that initial product was called Classmate, um, the B2B product. And then we jumped into B2C, which was initially we had a very shitty name called Get Fit By. Uh, then we changed that to Strive. Get Fit By. Yeah. I remember that name. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Strive is something that we sort of stuck with right? yeah um but strive was the booking platform that we did yeah um so the booking platform that was like the second major pivot the first was the b2b yeah. b2c is the second major pivot and around 2018 um i got shortlisted for bench engine um was in the final 11 then um after that again at the end of it, like we had to pitch to all this bunch of investors, you know, like some of the questions that they asked made me realize, you know what, even this is, I mean, this is also not going to work out. Mm. The market is too small. Like um, we were, I think we were charging about 10% per commission from a booking. Okay. So you, when you just put the numbers into perspective, like um, for us to make a million bucks, like we'd have to make like 10,000 bookings a year. Yeah. I mean, 10,000 bookings a month. And the, then you're like, are there 10,000 bookings? Can 10,000 bookings happen in, in Colombo? Yeah. Probably not. Right? Why? Because the market is um, very small, right? Like, uh, in the sense, the number of trainers, the gyms in Colombo, and especially in the... Uh, once you go out... The, this was in 2018. Okay. Yeah. 17, 18. Um, yeah. At that point, it was like a, at a rise, right? The whole... Fitness, fitness thing was at a rise. Yeah. But... I think I had the wrong solution for the wrong problem, right? Um, the problem I thought was that people can't find where they want to go and work out. So here's a platform, go to strive.lk, find yeah. whatever the gym closest yeah, to you, yeah. book here up some classes. But that's not what people want, 
I mean, there is a pre-existing market for that kind of thing, and that's very niche. Yeah. That's really small. Yeah. And if you want to monetize that, that's very tough. Yeah. Like, um, so after 2018, this whole idea of building a tech product that can go out of Sri Lanka was kind of fading away. Mm. And uh, and I, I also had a, uh, my daughter was born around the time, right? 2017. Uh, yeah. And at any point, did you think I should just give up and try something else? Oh man, every freaking day, every freaking day. Um, but for some reason, I didn't want to. I really respect you for striving, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, no, but then like pushing five years through. Oh man, it's yeah, tough. Man. I really it's respect tough. you for that. Um, out of that five years, bro, like I think um, there was good one year that I wasn't pushing as much as should have been pushing. It. Yeah. Um, I'll come come to that, right? I'll come to that. So 2018, it was, so my daughter was born, born and then um, my whole perspective about life changed, right? Yeah. Um, I was mentally in a really bad place, um, massively depressed, um, seeing a lot of successful people, like everyone around me, things are working out. And I'm like really pushing this, like literally working on Stripe 16 to 18 hours a day. And then you're doing a lot, but you're not getting a lot done. Yeah. Right. Um, and it feels like you're putting a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. You like, don't see fruition. Bootstrapping, like, and it wasn't making money. And thankfully, you know, I had this amazing job that paid me yeah. a ton of money at the yeah. time. Yeah. It was wise enough to maybe some divine God, you know, yeah, <laughs> said, yeah. you know, saved a little bit of money that's going to. They yeah. ask you a lot, like, yeah. take you forward for a long time. So thankfully that was there, but it was like really sort of fading away, right? Um, so massively, like I think I was going through a severe depression, a uh, lot of struggle, um, super grateful to my family. I, I think that's when I really realized the importance of family, mm. right? And I was never a family person. Yeah. Right, like I was never like I was always about friends, like just you know be out and have a good yeah. time, right? Um, but then I really sort of understood the value of you know being there for people. Um, but sometimes you realize, you know what, all these guys are not gonna hang around with yeah. you, and then you start seeing them sort of move. They are moving on with their life. And yeah, that's also fine. Yeah, right. I'm not blaming them. No one's obligated. No right? one's obligated, right? And if I had that expectation, then I'm the wrong person to think that. Because, you know, like Gary Vee always says, put the blame on yourself. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, then you can move forward yeah. because you're not relying on anyone else. You are purely working on yourself. Yeah. So was listening to massively listening to like into Gary Vee at the time, like who I think single handedly sort of changed the perspective about life, uh, about entrepreneurship. And then I had this whole life-changing experience with my daughter. Um, and I also saw an opportunity in the market, like in this fitness industry. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I saw what didn't work. Like, you know, the, the first two years of failure or two and a half years of failure showed me so many things that didn't work in the industry. Yeah. Right. And that's important. Yeah. That's important. Like what's not right, what's wrong with the industry. Right. Um, so... And so when we initially sort of, uh, before I get, when we had the booking platform, I go and um, vet 
gyms before they we take them on board yeah right and some of the places that i i think we had like the the top 20 gyms in sri lanka uh, in colombo uh, most of them uh, I, i would say everything but most of them we had yeah. them um and uh, those places had some really good quality trainers and instructors qualified people and but once you start when you want to scale the business and you see it's actually not the case mm-hmm. like a lot of gyms are with unqualified trainers don't know much what they are talking about everyone's being pushed to do a bodybuilding workout mm. but when people when really what they want is just to be healthy yeah right you just want to have a balanced lifestyle so uh so that was the gap i felt that we needed to fix and we needed to do it in a way on a very holistic way because i was also battling through the personal issues as well like mental well-being wasn't there wasn't priority so um met uh actually um someone who works with us also at the moment um someone called Sean Sean Roche uh, he's a, one of the top physios in Colombo yeah um and i kept sort of referring to him about you know all the technical issues i had about fitness you mm. know what is really fitness what is this balanced lifestyle like you know what do you do when you get an injury how do yeah. you recover from that um and then he kind of put in touch with my current business partner um and then gave this um different perspective about fitness or how you can have a very balanced lifestyle um and i really like that and it kind of made sense to me so much because my daughter was born my perspective of life changed and then i saw all this in in the industry what other people were doing to get quick results like from uh supplements used to steroid used to you know because we live in a world of instant gratification yeah. right like we live in a world of scrolls right and, yeah. and instagram likes and what not yeah and but doing those things doesn't really bring any sustainable value right in the sense that you'll get that result maybe in about 3 months if you like really push yourself yeah but what happens after that 3 months right so it's like that feedback loop right <laughs> so um met my current business partner um through Sean and then i was like hey man i have this idea uh what do you think about this and then shall we try and work on this thing so like yeah okay let's try and give it a shot so we didn't work on any agreements or anything we just wanted to get to know each other so we were like okay let's sort of set a goal of what we want to do and then work ourselves for about 6 months okay right and we did that um and then after about 6 months we were able to score a couple of clients and then you know sort of money started coming in um in fact we <laughs> the entire uh, the booking platform revenue that we did for a year we recovered that within like three clients <laughs> that so you can understand how many bookings that we yeah, got yeah um so uh even, so then we came up with this new model of holistic fitness coaching which is uh, fundamentally for someone to be have a balanced lifestyle you have to be you have to have good health and fitness you have to have uh, have good nutrition you need to have good recovery like um sleep yeah and um also a uh, good mindset right so how can we bring that as a service to individuals or how can we use that to help people to transform themselves so that they put least amount of effort but they are like you know doing really well so um we had so that's like the version 3 of stripe uh, which we started around 
I would say early 2019, uh, sorry, late 2018. And um, we were doing really well. And then man- uh, I feel like there's a but coming. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, the whole, yeah, so we met just after the Easter Sunday attack. Okay. Uh, I met Keitha and we were working on it. And then we were doing really well and it was just me and him. Before or after? after after Easter Sunday after, attack, yeah. right? And uh, we were doing really well. And um, uh, yeah, so then what happened, I also was struggling financially, right? Uh, obviously the daughter was born, yeah. uh, needed some steady income coming in. Yeah. And I started doing consulting, consulting, going back into consulting. Um, so that's how I sort of uh, joined HealthNet. Um, initially it was like a consultancy role, but then later on joined as their CTO. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was also needed in my life yeah. because um, I didn't uh, have sort of a lot of management experience and I realized that yeah. uh, while I was pushing Stripe. So I, I was like, okay, it will be nice to have a sort of management position so mm -hmm. that I can understand what a business is going through and yeah. how, you, how you can use that experience to sort of do your own thing also. So I joined HealthNet. Uh, we did some amazing stuff um, while I was there, and then they still continue to do that. Um, we launched the first um, uh, conversational e-commerce app for pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like the world's first, I think. Um, managed to do some crazy campaigns, uh, marketing campaigns. Um, really proud of what we've achieved there um, as a team. And then... Um, Towards the end of that role, I sort of played a different role um, from being the CTO, more into growth-related stuff. Yeah, uh, that gave also gave me a lot of exposure into what how the marketing should be done, how the sales should be done, yeah. what is inbound marketing, um, what is design thinking, you know, like a um, whole bunch of stuff. Then, um, yeah, so while I was working at HealthNet, I was kind of working. Yeah, I was working there full time, and I also lacked the focus on Stripe, mm. right? Obviously, because it's very tough. To yeah, you can't. Yeah. You, it's very tough. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, uh, then I think, yeah, so I was working for HealthNet. Um, things were going really well and then COVID hit, mm. right? Yeah. Um, we had quite a few clients, recurring clients, and then we lost almost everyone. Everyone. Right. Yeah. Just immediately, the first hit, I think. So the April, we had around March last year, um, February, March, April, we had amazing momentum. Like got this really amazing team. But you would think like since you you all were in the pharmaceutical space, that would really help, right? Because people were stuck health at net, home. Yeah, HealthNet was doing really well. Okay, okay. Um, HealthNet was doing Okay, you're talking about Stripe. Okay. I'm talking about Stripe. Sorry, mm, sorry if I confused you. So Stripe, um, we lost almost everyone. Okay. Um, and we thought that was, you know, like we should be able to get them back. Yeah. But um, the whole online coaching thing didn't really work for a lot of our customers. Yeah. But there were some customers who were willing to give it a shot. Um, so what we really did during that downtime was to sort of work on our foundation stuff, like the brand basics, yeah. to, um, whatnot, the mission and the vision. We used that time sort of utilized for that. Yeah. Um, so then um, around last year, uh, October, November, um, I was feeling a lot of pressure at work with HealthNet. Uh, 
big goals, big commitments. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of losing the grip on Strive, right? And I didn't want to do that because Strive, end of the day, is my baby. I've been working on yeah. it for so long. Had a ama- have an amazing team who are committed just as much as I am, yeah. who are passionate about solving, helping people to be better, helping people to transform. So, um, yeah, so I think uh, around October, I kind of made the decision, you know what, I'm going to leave HealthNet uh, in December uh, and push this, you know, give it one last push yeah. and then go all the way. So, left in December. Um, and actually, I had some leave left, so I yeah. left early in December. Um, and then during the holidays, throughout the time I was working on Stripe, um, gained a couple of clients back, more than a couple actually, yeah. few clients. You don't have and, to be humble. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we also pushed some online coaching. We did few iterations of our product, uh, different different variations of our offering, yeah. just to see what works, validated the idea. Um, and I think we are at a really good place now. Uh, got a few exciting new stuff coming over the next few months. Yeah. Really excited about that. Um, yeah, man. That's, that's about it, I think. That's, that's like a wholesome, touching story, man. It's like I gazed into your soul <laughs> yeah. for a bit. Yeah. Really? yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. So there, there are these, I mean, it's, it's an immense, when you look at it from, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like a mountain that you've passed. Not a mountain, a few mountains yep. uh, that you've passed. Um, what would you say is one of the, one of the, like if you could rate like mistakes you've made as an entrepreneur mm. uh, in an order as to, as to what's easily solvable, from, from the easiest to the toughest that you'd have to, like, uh, in a way that, you know, um, upcoming entrepreneurs can make something out of it. Yeah. What, what can they solve, like, right now and what can they look at solving? Um, first of all, I think it's quite important to have your own happiness too. Like, what really makes you, I mean, I know so many people say this thing. But it really makes a difference, especially if it makes you happy what you do, okay. right? Um, so trying to figure that out, it's not going to be easy. Um, as I, a person, this as is, a person, okay, yeah, personally, as a person, okay. right? Um, for me, um, initially the idea was like, you know, building like this glorified startup scene, right? Um, you know, you see so many people raising so much of funds, mm. and then you know you want to be able to say that, hey, you know what, I raise funds. Da, yeah, da, da, da. yeah, yeah, yeah feel that you accomplish everything but yeah. that's very much vanity matrix man yeah like, you know it doesn't mean a thing uh because you can raise funds and yeah. still be a massive you know fuck up yeah right uh i wouldn't call it a fuck up because you probably learned a whole bunch of things about business entrepreneurship about yourself uh so that's great but um for someone who is sort of thinking whether to make the jump or not yeah um I think it's important to understand whether this problem is worth solving, right? And can I, and do I see myself solving this problem for the next five years, right? Mm. If I don't, then don't do it. Don't pursue it. Try something else, right? Yeah. Um, having said that, I'm also a big believer of you also need to fail so much in your life. Yeah, I, I advocate. In fact, I advocate people to fail, right? Um, 
because those are the best lessons because that changes your perspective about shit you know i fucked up you know yeah. and that's the the moment you realize that that's your next iteration that's when you start oh shit okay there's another way to solve yeah. this problem right so um so be willing to get punched in the face every day you know like but the beauty of entrepreneurship is i think you're solving a new problem every day like i see so many so much of i when i speak to so so many of my friends like every day is the same thing mm. whereas for me ma'am it's a new problem every day and i yeah. can't have more of that yeah so happy so grateful like i get to do that every day yeah. like i'm not bored at all yeah like, i was talking to nishan in the last episode and he was talking about you know how uh, every day is a new problem as an entrepreneur yeah. and i was like i told him you know how i enjoy yeah. solving putting out fires every day yeah. how like i i get off uh, yeah. solving new problems totally totally so i guess that's that's very important if you can't if you if you're easily bogged down by it i, guess, yeah. I don't think you should do it i see this is the thing right when you are new to something um you're going to feel like that yeah i'm going to be very sort of brutally honest about it yeah. you're going to feel shit Ouch. about it yeah. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and that's okay yeah i mean we are all humans yeah right i mean i'm a buddhist i have an achievement nirvana so i'm <laughs> going to feel that way and if you don't then you're a fucking robot yeah then you should be concerned yeah <laughs> right so that's completely fine but we need to have also a bias that or or that grit that yeah. persistent you know what i'm going to push this anyway yeah right and you know that's how simon sinek talks about this infinite mindset yeah it's one version up every day you know like it's infinite mindset you fail okay you learn from that how can you make it better yeah you continuously try to make yourself better right uh 1% improvements every day right iterations every day um try something else if it doesn't work out so as an entrepreneur it's important to have that grit uh persistence um and willingness to fail yeah yeah that's yeah my advice. so that's like the but that's like the the early stage of it like yeah that's the easiest thing to solve yeah in the sense that okay don't give up right as it goes up the tasks get harder yeah right what would you say there are some of those that you've you've conquered i guess conquered i don't know okay, getting there conquer. yeah trying to conquer getting there um see thing is the nowadays yeah, the opportunities to learn yeah is crazy yeah like ridiculously crazy like you can learn anything and you don't even need to pay yeah right like i did certain certifications for marketing to learn about inbound marketing inbound sales i didn't have to spend a spend a single cent right i got this i got certification also one of the, from one of the top companies marketing companies in the world mm. hubspot right and it cost you nothing yeah right all you need is like an internet connection and a phone yeah. or, or laptop right yeah. and which most of us in colombo have yeah. that access and man like i know so many kids out of colombo right like they are learning stuff from um, mobile phone like yeah. you know just spending a lot of time so if you are the kind of person can give you are going to give excuses you know what i don't have time or yeah. i don't have money yeah then you will never be an entrepreneur yeah because as an entrepreneur one of your core skills should be figuring out how to move forward even when you don't have time and money yeah right how can you sort of prioritize things and also that um willingness to learn every day like 
I think a couple of days ago, I saw this thing on YouTube about Simon Sinek talking about the being the idiot in the room. Man, I always think I'm the biggest idiot in wherever I go. Like, I'm always open to new ideas. Yeah. Like, or even new topics. I consistently disagree with myself because every day there's some new information about something that you thought you knew. Yeah. The more you know, realize, then you realize, oh shit, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's so crazy. So, you, you realize this when you talk to kids. About, yeah. Like, because you try to explain and they're like, fuck, I don't know shit about this thing. Yeah. Right? There was this quote by Albert Einstein, right? If you can't explain it to a kid, then yeah. you don't understand it fully. Exactly, right? So, so then, I think as an entrepreneur, you need to have that mindset. Learn, willing to learn every yeah. day and then be the biggest idiot in the room. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. You know, I think, I, I think that's why um, Steve Jobs said, stay hungry, stay foolish. Yeah. Right? Hungry is... Um, like willingness to learn. If you are the biggest idiot in the room, then your eyes are open because you want to learn. Yeah. Right. You think that you don't know things, then you are going to learn. Um, yeah, man. So that those are the key skills that you need to develop. Characteristics yeah. that you need to develop as an individual if you're gonna go down this entrepreneurship. Yeah. You brought up um, how. Uh, so I was, I was I was just curious. You were talking about how your daughter. Right? Yeah. How did she change your perspective of life? Like, I want I want to delve more into that. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like you know, <laughs> so coming from this massive partying lifestyle, right? <laughs> I pushed the whole marriage thing as long as I can. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's wait for another year. Let's yeah. wait for another year. Yeah. Then eventually got married, and then the next big thing to push was the kid thing, right? Mm. And I wasn't too sure if I was ready for it. Yeah. Like. And like even during the pregnancy, like we were obviously happy. Yeah. But I was like, shit, I'm gonna miss partying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go out in the night, right? <laughs> so those were like my con- concerns. Yeah. Right? Priorities, man. Yeah, priorities, right? <laughs> so then we were like, I mean, I was like, then I was also feeling the heat yeah. of you know running my own business, yeah. failing most of it. Um, and then financial burdens, commitments, all that as well. And I was also around for some divine reason. I was also kind of getting sick of seeing the same thing. Like even when you go out, it's quite monotonous. Yeah, yeah. Like you see, meet the same crowd. Every I day. get what like, you mean. Yeah. Like you go to a club, man. Like you literally know about twenty people. Like and you hop from there to somewhere else, and then you yeah. see about another twenty people. Yeah. And then by the time tomorrow, you like everybody knows you've been yeah. out, and like yeah. you know you talk. So I I, I, I uh, witnessed that because it felt like like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. Yeah. You're, yeah. Like you're doing the same thing every Friday. Or like I mean, then it becomes so kind of monotonous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, thankfully, I was start, I started to feel that, and then a lot of other things weren't working out. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I gotta be serious about this kid. Yeah. Thing, right. Um. So then obviously when she was born, man, like life changing experience, like literally. Um, a profound experience, you know. Um, I was there when my wife gave birth to the baby. Uh, it was a natural birth. Uh, seeing her going through that pain, man, massive respect for women. Like, yeah. you know, like literally changed my whole perspective about, you know, what they have to go through. Yeah, yeah. You know, all that. Um, like, kudos, man. Like, you know, they are so strong. Yeah. Um, so, huge, huge respect. 
um and then man like everything was about her like you know i didn't even know before the baby i was like how am i going to sort of figure out shit yeah like you know how what am i going to prioritize but then naturally for some divine reason like you know things started falling into place yeah right and uh, and i was like oh man i want to do so many good things now like you know i just screw partying like yeah. i want to do good things yeah so i was like okay and i want to develop a, i want to have a really good lifestyle that can support my daughter mm. um and and one thing was that um i used to play a decent cricket okay i think uh had i given the opportunity mm. i would have been easily able to play for some club you know okay but i was never able to do that because my parents didn't come from that background didn't understand yeah uh, uh the importance of you know sports education so um, i'm not blaming them on it yeah, i'm just course, like you know yeah. because they came from different backgrounds and for them it was education is the priority yeah. not sports and i mean it's, it's what they were taught right exactly so, right? so um and i was like i really felt that especially you know like i i wanted my kid to have so many options yeah when i came out from the university it was like out of school it was you know while we were doing a levels it was maths you can be a doctor engineer yeah lawyer those yeah. are like the predefined job roles yeah. right like and but obviously me being me i <laughs> never got around to do that <laughs> right um i was not the studious kid in the yeah, class yeah um yeah backseat boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right outstanding student yes outstanding literally right um so i wanted to sort of have that kind of environment for yeah. my kid um and meeting my current business partners learning about this very balanced lifestyle yeah. because i was also burnt out yeah. coming out from that around 2018 that really helped right having the kid help so uh even to date like what really drives me is that I know where we will be in about 5 years. Yeah. As a company, Strive, right? And I know that's going to be like a super stepping stone for my kid to yeah. if she wants to get into sports. Yeah. If she wants to get into get coached by some of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. That's going to be the stepping stone. Yeah. And she's going to whenever there are a few big plans that we are working this year. Yeah. Um uh So I know we are going to have some amazing coaches in on our platform yeah uh, amazing nutritionists and um uh these individuals are going to have a massive impact on her life yeah and that's going to give her so much of other opportunities not just within fitness it could be anything she can do whatever she wants so that's what that what really drives me to sort of push this business. that sounds huge for sports education as a whole oh totally right totally that's ultimately what we want to do like yeah. get into sports education in in the sense that so let me tell you look at this from this angle right so sri lankan cricket yeah right um is where we are today is purely because of our talent mm. right yeah and we i mean national level um you get i guess i think somewhat attention to nutrition maybe not enough right that's why you see so many world class players with off track bodies 
mm. right? And that's why so many world class players are having so many injuries, injuries yeah. right? Because they don't take recovery seriously, yeah. they don't take nutrition seriously, and they just play with their talent. Yeah. And imagine how good we would be if there was support for nutrition, strength and conditioning, sports performance, mindset coaching. Yeah. How big the how it can change the game. Yeah. You look at players like Virat Kohli, Steven Smith, you know, and you see how they perform, and why? It because shows, yeah. yeah, because they have a system that yeah. supports them, right? And in Sri Lanka, the system won't change until the private organization get into the system. Yeah, right. Sadly, there's a lot of bureaucracy. Yeah, red red tape. Red, red tape, right? And I mean, I went to Nalanda, right? Um, Super grateful, one of the best things that have, you know, like in my life. Um, one of the best schools for producing cricket, national level cricketers, mm. right? And I would say easily, as a college, as a school, we are in the top 20, 30, say 50, top 50 schools in the country, mm. right? And after producing so many world class players, from the first ever cricket captain yeah. to Mahila Javadana, Roshan Mahanam, Kumar Dharmasena, so many, so many players. I know you don't know half of them. I'm just like. But, right? Um, none of them had this nutrition support or strength yeah. and condition support. And even to date, Nalanda doesn't have that. Okay. Only very few schools in the country have nutrition support and strength and condition Like whom? I think, I would think. Royal would have that. Okay. I would think St. Thomas's would have that. Um, St. Peter's probably have that too. Okay. Some international schools probably have that. But not, I would say about 90% of the government schools don't have any of that. Okay. Nutrition or strength and conditioning or even mindset coaching. Right? And we are still playing, you know, like world-class cricket yeah. today. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's a miracle we are there <laughs> because we are so talented. Yeah, yeah. Right. We have amazing talent when it comes to that cricket. Yeah. Naturally talented. But these players can't perform in the world stage. At their peak, at least. At their peak. They can't do that because their bodies are not ready for that. Their nutrition doesn't support that. And their mindset is not there. Like, you know, even if when you look at the current cricket team also, you see so many talented people. Yeah. But you see what they do on Instagram also, and yeah. then you realize, you know, this is why they are not performing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not to not <laughs> yeah, to have fun. Yeah, yeah. By all means, have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. But you have a job to do. Yeah. Right. You are representing your country. Yeah. You are representing a sport. Be a professional athlete. Yeah. Right. Um, if you think you can play with your, you know, talent, those are the like gone are the days. Right. I mean, ten years ago, cricket is completely different to now cricket if you look yeah. at it. Like look how India is performing. Look how all these other countries yeah. are performing. So they've taken this nutrition, um, you know, strength and conditioning. Yeah. Recovery. Recovery, absolutely important. Sleep. Like as a professional athlete, you are supposed to get minimum of eight hours sleep. Mm. If you don't have that, you can't, you know, I mean, as an individual, if you don't, as an yeah. entrepreneur, if you don't get minimum seven hours sleep, you feel that next day. But yeah. you don't, I mean, <laughs> I sleep like five hours good, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah man I think that's what we want to change yeah right so that's what the idea of Strive okay we'll get into that eventually but let us build a foundation for it right let us help to change the low in immediately it'll get there man yeah yeah it'll get there so um, that's the idea sort of get into sports education and sort of really develop people's mind, players mindset yeah and how can they perform better
yeah. reach that optimum p- performance. That's that's drive like in the where do you see that next five years or yep. five yep. years? Yep. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Oh man, Guy the person, the man. <laughs> um, as a oh man, that's a tough question. I I've never thought about as an individual. Um, I'm just purely picturing myself just pushing this drive thing. Yeah. Right but if you detach yourself from the brand itself, yep. as a person, if Strive never exists, okay, if Strive is there, but yep. then who are you without Strive? Be the best dad, obviously, and then be the best husband. Yeah, um, that is definitely there. Um, and having a very balanced lifestyle, I'm almost there. I feel you know, like I have a very good morning routine now. I get my seven hours sleep. Yeah. Do my exercises. Not crazy about you know. I don't do crazy amount of exercises. Yeah. I just manage it just enough to perf- help me to perform it better every day. Yeah. Um. And being able to sort of actively have an um movement about you know making the sports and fitness in Sri Lanka better. That's I think. Again, your your question was yeah. you detach, right? Detach yourself completely. Yeah. um i think i'd probably get involved with few more other startups yeah. or maybe in community development stuff yeah with the stuff that i do with spike yeah um that kind of stuff um other than that i also want to be not be in colombo you want to move out of colombo i want to move out of colombo where in the mountains <laughs> where where exactly probably haputale ah oh, nice yeah Like it's nice we, and chilly there. Yeah, yeah, that's a dream. Like I think, at some point, like you know, as soon as this operational stuff are sorted, and, yeah. you know, when the business in sort of smooth operation. Yeah. I don't know when that will be. If that will ever be. It will ever. Yeah. Uh, just be out of Colombo because yeah. um, it might be tough because considering kids' education and all that, yeah, we yeah. might have to be in Colombo. Um, but at least you know, two weekends out of the month. Yeah, going to be somewhere out, and then I I think that's where I really love connecting with nature. Um, so yeah, man, that's what I want to do. And then being remotely be there, and then just have people. Yeah, figure out with it. Now let's let's. So that was where Stripe wants to be in the next five years, and where do you want to be in the next five years? So that brings up balance. Yep. How do you believe in a work-life balance? Oh, totally. Really? Yeah. You can do that. How, man? How? You just need to prioritize. right so do this like this is what i did right i'm not going to tell you to do this i'm i'm just going to tell what this i did pitch let me see yeah. let me see it so you do you do a your time audit okay right you look at you have 24/7 24 hours a day 7 days a week that's how many hours 168 right so you need to bear minimum allocate 7 hours a day sleep okay let's say 6 hours a day okay. so that's 42 hours that's gone right and then you have to do your chores spend time with family how many hours are you going to do for that you allocate that like that you allocate time to eat time to have a shower okay all that you know give considerable amount of time then that sort of gives you an amount of hours right this is how much how many hours that i have to work right so then you also try to think right so with this many hours i need to get my optimum performance mm. if i don't 
the, the efficiency is going to come down yeah. or the productivity is going to come yeah. down yeah right so in order to get to that high performing individual you need to do certain certain things i need to make sure i have that 7 hours sleep i need mm. to make sure i allocate 1 hour a day in the morning for myself because if i don't do that uh, the day is going to be a little bit off yeah right um so you need to allocate you know this 15 minutes workout that you need to do every day like that time you need to allocate yeah then once you do that once you start executing all these things you start noticing i mean i definitely notice you know having that mental clarity you start making better decisions you start to feel very energetic right um you are not sort of dozing off around like 4 o'clock in the <laughs> yeah, afternoon yeah. you know <laughs> it's that burnt out feeling is no more right for example and and you also figure out ways to sort of get the maximum out of you as well yeah like you started noticing right okay my performance is like at optimum level especially for me it comes around like 4 to 7 is like my performance optimum level right like yeah i see my brain works really well yeah, yeah. so i tried not to allocate anything else in that like you know the the mundane task yeah, i didn't yeah, do those yeah. things around that time right because that's when i really perform well i yeah. want to do things that generates so much of um, uh productivity yeah right um so time audit is a great thing that you can do to have that uh, work life balance yeah the other thing that you can do is like um 80 20 rule which i also had a yeah, chat with yeah. you right the other day so you look at 80% of the things that brings 20% of the revenue uh or the productivity and the 20% of the things that brings 80% of your revenue or productivity right literally write it down yeah right just everything that comes in your mind and then do and then you look at okay so there's 20% uh are there sorry 80% of the things that brings 20% uh you look at that and then from there also you look at okay what's the 20% in that that brings most amount of effort, mm. uh, revenue or the productivity so then you really sort of figure out your what's your absolute niche that you really need to focus on mm. at the same time you look at the 80% of the things sorry the 20% of the things that takes 80% of your time and then you look at okay this is something that i can dedicate uh, delegate to someone else yeah and this is something that i should outsource to someone else yeah. because it's not worth spending my time doing this tiny thing yeah right so then you become really good at like you know delegating and outsourcing all these things that improves your productivity as well so when you do all those things the the time that you allocate for that for yourself in the morning you start seeing the value of that mm. right and you start seeing okay you know what some i feel this balance like i'm not burnt out anymore yeah so yeah man like i i like this weekend i went out of colombo yeah uh had an amazing time like went on this hike and the mountain biking thing came back quite so but the next day i felt the energy like i yeah. was in best form like on monday morning when i i honestly like when i <laughs> when we met yeah i was uh, the the previous week i was thinking i might not even be able to walk yeah <laughs> but i was in full form on that day, on that monday after that you know 15 km hike and yeah 60 km uh, mountain biking. Yeah. So you can easily have that. It just you just need to prioritize that as an individual. So priority. That's the focal point. Focus. Focus. Focus on that's, what you want. That's tough, but yeah. yeah. I mean 
it's it, tough because you haven't really sat down and then put thought time about in. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the question is, you always got to ask yourself, do you do what you know? Mm. Yeah. Do you do what you know? Because we know all these things. Yeah. We know we need to prioritize. We know we need to allocate our time. We choose time to for ignore it. Yeah. We choose to ignore it. We choose to push it under the brush it under the carpet. Yeah. Because that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And then move on to your next thing, right? Yeah. Take that off from your list. But taking that thing off from your list, someone else could have done that for you if you <laughs> outsourced it or delegated it. And that would have actually saved you. Time. My to-do list feels attacked. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, there's this uh, this there's this segment um, towards the end of the show that I wanted to bring up. That since the show is mastering mediocrity, yeah, what do you think is something that you've mastered? No, that you're very proud of. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a big deal in someone else's perspective. Yeah, something that you're very proud of. Um, I think I'm jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, honestly, honestly, if you ask my my background or what's my skill set, uh, that being able to be jack of all trade, master of none is yeah. my skill set. I think, like entrepreneurship, if you like really look at business planning, you know, like strategy, uh, marketing, sales, yeah, inbound marketing, yeah, product development. <laughs> website like you know tech development how to manage development teams yeah um and how to manage marketing teams i think literally being by being in this whole entrepreneurship thing has taught me all these things that i need to learn right i'm i'm still learning uh and i think that's what i'm really proud of like i can easily jump into any conversation yeah um even if i don't know the subject i can sort of relate to people because I can bring a lot of experience from other things that I've learned. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that also. <laughs> like, because it also allows me to tell everyone I'm the biggest idiot in the room. Yeah. But you're still not the biggest idiot. Yeah, but yeah. because you know some stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And they don't feel that also. Yeah. So whenever I meet new people, I'm all ears. Like, I'm very quiet. But once I get to know them, and then I ask questions. And yeah. You know, that's perfect, man. I don't think I've gotten that answer. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> the first time. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad I had you, man. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Me too, man. It's like, I've been seeing this thing. I was like, when am I going to get my invitation? <laughs> <laughs> really? I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. it turned out that way. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it was it was like gazing into your soul. It, it felt like a therapy session. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. These, these podcast episodes feel like therapy sessions. Like yeah. You get to, it's like a window into someone else's life. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's so much you can learn. And uh, yeah, I think it's beautiful, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. very proud of you for everything that you've done. Thank you. I don't know you. if I've uh, said it, but you know, the, the, the product we're building with Arjun, I was inspired by you pushing so hard, man. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like... Oh, man, know, that, feels, that means a lot. Yeah, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. Which is why I approached you first. Like, yeah? Yeah, I spoke to you. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Like, it means a lot. Because... I think I have a question for your answer. Like, what you asked me, yeah. you know, um, what, where do I see myself in five years? Yeah. Right? I think that's what I want to do. Like, I want to inspire people to do better. Like, yeah. jump into or show people that there is a fourth option. Yeah. Which is, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to be a lawyer. Mm. You can jump into 
straight into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like this is the problem with the education system in Sri Lanka. Yeah. They don't show your fourth part. Man, I wish. When it's I'm, like you're a failure. Like the fourth part is your yeah. failure. Yeah. Right. Like they th- they think if you don't do that, you're a failure. Right. Yeah. But man, like entrepreneurship is amazing. Yeah. It literally teaches you about you know so many things about yourself. about building a business learning working with people yeah you know diversity so you've won one person over so hey yeah you've won one person over yeah thank so you it's, yeah it's like, you know you're you're five years short <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe i need to find a bigger goal yeah, yeah. bigger bigger <laughs> always man yeah thank you so much for coming i know it's was a real pleasure being here yeah uh, i knew this was going to be fun yeah but i had a lot of fun yeah.